Hello, my name is Adam Garantz. You may remember me from such things like the Susan and Mo team presents Adam Garantz's Fun with Real Estate and Adam Garantz's Fun with Real Estate on the Road. After a four month hiatus due to the COVID-19 pandemic, we are back with a new and improved show that you can enjoy with both your eyes and your ears. Welcome to the first episode of the Susan and Mo team presents Adam Garantz's Fun with Real Estate at Home podcast. Like our previous shows, this podcast is going to focus on the Ottawa real estate market while also having guests that will discuss how the current landscape of our city and province have been impacted by the pandemic. Our first guest is Josh Gray from Mortgage Brokers Ottawa to discuss about the mortgage impact that the COVID-19 pandemic has had. Josh, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So Josh, how has the approval process changed? during these times? Nothing's changed officially up front to clients, but a lot has changed behind the scenes with respect to the due diligence lenders are doing. So we have lenders asking for things that they didn't in the past, such as an updated pay stub right before closing, which is concerning for some people, right? It can always raise a flag. Okay. Before we were seeing a lot of people that were trying to go without financing conditions, because that's just the way that the Ottawa real estate market has been for the better part of two years now, uh, going on almost three years. Are, are we still seeing, like, we're still seeing that from, from the real estate side of things, but how is that changing on the back end from uh, a mortgage broker side of things and, and, and lenders? So nothing's technically changed because the real estate side is what drives what we do, right? right. So when you guys make your offers. But of course, we got to give you the go ahead in terms of can they proceed without financing. So, you know, everything's within the same idea. It's just we know lenders are digging in deeper than they ever have before. So we got to be that much more positive. And also what we've seen with the auto market, it's it's a rapid market. So we got to be confident on the home value, right? So when a client's offering with 5% down, it gets concerning to offer without financing conditions. Okay. What has been the biggest challenge for not only yourself, because of course, I mean, we, we, we got to talk about what you have to go through, but also for clients and for people, what was the biggest challenge you faced in the height of the lockdown by trying to get people approvals? So one was a lot happened real quick in two weeks at that point, right? Uh, we saw rates drop really, really fast. And of course that started a lot of conversations real quick. And it was a great opportunity as a broker. You know, I have lots of clients that there were, it might have made sense to actually break their mortgage to take lower rates, so forth. But the issue there is the banks quickly raised the concern on liquidity with mortgage deferrals and all that other stuff that hit the news. So all of a sudden, overnight, and I think it was Scotia Bank was the first one to raise rates by 1% overnight. It was like, what's going on? Rates are going up by 1%, not what everyone thought, right? So we had a rush to get everyone approved or submitted before that because we knew everyone was following suit and sure enough, they did. And there was a couple of clients that didn't get fall into it because they didn't have their purchase until after the cases or whatever cases. So uh, that was a huge thing. Now, the rates have been dropping since. Now, on the other front, that was a big hurdle is lenders were getting skittish on two things. If a client lost their job, obviously that was a factor. Right. There were ways to deal with that um, because there was a deadline provided on the, on that. Uh, the other thing is lenders were just not really willing to give the exceptions they typically would have in the past. Now it's gotten better in the recent month, but yeah. initially it was like, it was not, it was, we were getting no loving. <laughs> So 
let's touch on that quickly. You had mentioned the mortgage deferrals. Um, mm-hmm. Those were, were things that, what was it? It was up to six months, I guess, of deferred payments. So we're now approaching almost six months. Yes. Um, for those people who may have taken advantage of this mortgage deferral, what are they going to be expecting in the next couple of weeks or in the next month or so when these payments become due? Yeah. So, and that's, I've gotten a lot of questions on mortgage deferrals, right? And CNHC took that statistic and ran with it way too far, way further than they ever should have. Because mortgage deferrals uh, was just being approved across the board, right? So um, lenders didn't have the time. Their phones were, it was hard to get through. So I had some clients trying to get a mortgage deferral for like three weeks before they actually got it approved, right? You know, that ranged with different lenders. Some lenders asked for a monthly update just to say, hey, are you still impacted? Where others like Scotiabank, not to use them as an example again here, sorry, but um, they just flat out said six months, period. Just And then if you want to start paying sooner, hey, if not, six months. So that is coming up, right? And that's a huge metric that's going to be watched very carefully in the next two months by lenders, but more so the governing bodies and CMHC and stuff, right? So what we can expect on that is for the most part, all it is is interest is capitalized into the mortgage. So people were still maintaining their any life or disability insurance with the mortgage payment and property tax payments. Those were still continuing for the most part. Okay. So the interest that was building on that mortgage is now a higher balance on your mortgage. So your payment might've been a thousand. Now it might be a thousand twenty per month. So it's not, you know, assuming someone has returned to work or has income back, which I guess Ontario st- stabilized somewhat from an economic point of view. There's a lot of uncertainty, but uh, I would say it's going to be a pretty smooth. There's going to be a few that are obviously still impacted from that, but I think just a very small, because I've had lots of people where they had extra debts, they weren't financially impacted, like their jobs were perfectly fine, but maybe they still had a $20,000 line of credit sitting at 14%. They're like, well, maybe I could build the interest on this 2% mortgage and pay off a 14% line of credit, right? right. So it was also skewed in that aspect. We, we kind of quickly touched on this, um, but I want to get a little bit more. So, uh, and, and with the news that came out today about, about um, the stress test lowering and, and the, uh, the rate lowering, how has the government changed the rules for not only pre-approvals, but also, I, I don't know if, how, how they impact approvals, but how, what have they done to, to impact these, uh, the pre-approval and the approval process on, on your end? The official answer is nothing's really changed, right? But there is. There's a CMHC rule change that did come out. But the two other private insurers, so Canada Guarantee and General, did not follow suit, which was an incredibly loud message, right? The the private insurers are more profit focused than a you know a, a crown corp of Canada, right? So it, it sent a loud message that they didn't believe in the same as uh, Evans at all did with CMHC. But furthermore to that, the stress test is all that is is the average of the major banks posted rate. Okay. Okay. So we saw that start at five three four, went to five one nine, five zero four, four nine four, and Today, the official kick in of 479. So we saw all, a lot of the major banks drop their posted rate last week. So we had a good indication that this might be happening this week, right? But what also happens when that happens is clients' penalties all of a sudden go higher the way the banks calculate the penalties. So 
more affordability, but someone's penalty might have all of a sudden just gone up by another few thousand. Those penalties that you're talking about, is that for breaking the mortgage or for yes. missing mortgage payment? Okay, for breaking. Sorry, yeah, yeah, good good question. That's for breaking an existing fixed rate mortgage. Okay, and, and now do you face those penalties um, if you're selling a current house but transferring that mortgage over into another property? Or is it like, I just like, maybe give a little bit of information of when these penalties come in. Yeah, so they could. Um, so different lenders do something called porting, right? Porting is where you pick up your mortgage and move it onto the new house. Okay. Now that varies lender to lender, right? So Scotiabank, TD Bank, port totally differently. Totally differently. It's not the same thing, right? So there's, you know, it might make sense for a client to port their mortgage and avoid that penalty, or it could actually make sense to break it, right? So a lot of clients are having that conversation right now with, hey, if I can get a fixed rate of 199 and my current fixed rate is, you know, 3.24, does that make sense to break it? And that answer is not unilateral. It is different because of those factors. Makes sense. And I mean, on paper, it sounds like, yeah, it makes sense to do it because you're lowering your interest rate, but your penalties may not make sense in, in, in that case. Speaking on the lender standpoint, then, um, what, what have lenders done to deal with everything that's going on? We talked about, you know, that they were getting a little skittish during uh, the people losing their jobs, but have they made changes or have they made it easier or, or adjusted anything so that people who have lost their jobs are still able to actually get their approval or get their mortgages. So different lenders have shown their true colors in different ways throughout this. And, you know, we've seen some bad things, unfortunately, and we've seen some really great things uh, from some lenders coming up with programs and ways to work with Canadians that were actually impacted. That still made sense, right? So you take Manulife, um, they are one of the only lenders that said early on that, hey, if the client is laid off, but has a return to work letter saying they'll eventually return to that employer, they would use that income like normal. Okay. But you take some other letters, they might say to that same client, declined, period. Even though they still have that job, it's just they're temporarily laid off. You know, and those things are tough because I had some clients that were actually literally stuck in that rock in the hard place. They had already bought in and then that, that occurred and they was past the CMHC's deadline of job loss. So, you know, we actually had to move them to a lender that were more favorable of uh, Canadians and doing the right thing. So, you know, as brokers, obviously we're not going to forget that, right? right? Thinking of who does the right thing for people. Furthermore, to answer the question of what lenders have done, they're all handling it a little bit differently. So uh, some lenders have already had a somewhat work from home setup already. So they were just cruising and you can tell the turnaround times are still there where you get some lenders that had a very large organizational point of view of reviewing files and approving and all that. And I've had, I have some lenders that are up to about 30 to 40 days to do an approval right now, which is not really ideal. Speaking of that, obviously from personal experience for some of my clients in which I sent over to you this year during the pandemic, they, there were delays. And I mean, we, like I said earlier, we were talking about people going without financing conditions, but those that did include them and we're getting the, uh, the conditional sales, we're asking for extensions that we haven't seen in, in, in almost three years now with the way that this market's been going on. Typically, you're not getting those extensions. People have heard the, the, the CMHC uh, from you a few times already in, the, in this meeting uh, or in this discussion. So uh, let's, let's point out and talk about those rules that CMHC implemented and, and how did those affect buyers and are lenders still using CMHC uh, as frequently as they were before? So, yeah, that's a really interesting one. So, you know, it started with 
a negative outlook on the Canadian economy from, you know, the top down, Evan Stahl, who's the president of CMHC, saying uh, they forecast in the Canadian economy to see housing decreases. I forget what it was, like 9 to 18%, quite, quite large decrease over the next year, not several years, right? So they uh, were concerned of losses and all that. So they thought they would help themselves by ensuring the market goes down. Sorry, just personal bias there. But um, so they, what they did is they raised the minimum credit score for anyone buying a house with less than 20% down payment to 680, okay? So it was previously 600, 620, depending on the insurer. Now it was 680. So the credit score changed its algorithm about two years ago. So that, you see a large amount of people actually caught in that middle part, six to 680, right? And none of it's missed payments. It's just, hey, they had a credit card sitting at $800 with a limit of 1,000. That's enough to hurt your credit score right there, even if you have other credit facilities. Yeah. Does that make the person less credit worthy? Anyways, whole side topic here. So the other two factors is something called TDS, total debt exposure. That was 44%, now it's 42. Okay, minor, eh, it is, you know, obviously impacts people, but there was a major change with something called GDS, which is your gross income versus the gross expenses on just the house, not factoring in car loans or anything else, right? Um, that was at 39%, now that's at 35%, which that is in itself the biggest change. So if you took the average home in Ottawa, which, I mean, it changes every other week what the average price is now. But, um, you know, let's just say $400,000, right? 400000 gets you maybe a starter townhouse. I don't know. It's, it's tough to say. I can't follow. But, um, you know, that, that makes that minimum income for, like, a single income almost impossible unless you make, like, 140000 a year, which, you know, if you're 140000 a year, you're, you're likely not a first-time home buyer, right? Like, you, you're, well, you are now, but, <laughs> you know, so... Now, the really neat thing there is the other insurers didn't follow, like I said. So what we've seen behind the scenes is lenders are kind of not going to CMHC as much, um, even if it does still fit CMHC's protocol, right? Because why should they? Why would we support anyone that uh, is not going to support the business as a whole? And it just might make it more difficult. So that's what I'm seeing there. Interesting. So what's one piece of advice you can give from a mortgage standpoint to help those people who may be in these rock in the hard place or these gray areas to, to, to try and actually get to a point where they are going to be able to buy uh, their first home or, or even a second home who may not be able to have that 20% down. You know, there's a lot you can't control as a buyer, right? Like these rules are the rules. Like no one can do a thing about it until changes are made. So my advice to clients is of course, speak to a professional to see where you're actually at, see what you can use um, and all that fun stuff. And then just keep the utilization of debt. So like credit cards, lines of credits, a lot say below 50%, but at least below 80% of the limit. Okay. So that's huge on a credit standpoint. And then on a cash flow standpoint, so that affordability that we're talking about, that is usually the biggest factor, especially for younger buyers is, um, you know, if you're going to buy a car, Try to hold off or just let's review how that payment will impact your affordability because I will say without a doubt, that's the number one deterrent on being able to qualify for a house is a $500 car loan all of a sudden makes a world of difference. Yeah. So uh, always look at those things. And of course, 
everything else, right? Down payment. Well, Josh, this has been fantastic information. I really appreciate you taking some time today to discuss with us and being our first guest on the Fun with Real Estate at Home podcast. Perfect. Thanks so much, Adam. Always enjoy. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who tuned in for the first ever Fun with Real Estate podcast. Uh, We are excited to be back and excited to continue to bring you valuable information to help you navigate through this crazy real estate market in these uncertain times. If you need more information about mortgages, feel free to contact Josh at Mortgage Brokers Ottawa. And if you're looking for more information on the real estate side of things, contact myself, Adam Garantz, at the Susan and Mo team. I also want to thank Lana Cole, our producer and editor. And finally, I would like to thank all of our frontline workers who continue tirelessly to fight and help stop the spread of COVID-19. Please wear your mask and continue to social distance. Stay tuned next week for another fun-filled episode.